Sales Enablement Society, Stories from the Trenches, where enablement practitioners share their real-world experiences. Get the scoop on what's happening inside sales enablement teams across the global SES member community. Each segment of Stories from the Trenches share the good, the bad, and the ugly practices of corporate sales enablement initiatives. Learn what worked, what didn't work, and how obstacles were eliminated by corporate teams and leadership. Sit back, grab a cold one, and join host Paul Butterfield, Vice President of Sales Enablement at Instructure, for casual conversations about the wide and varied profession of sales enablement, where there is never a one-size-fits-all solution. Welcome, everyone, to the final session of Stories from the Trenches for 2020. What a ride. What a year, right? And we've got a really cool guest um, that we're going to spend some time with today. I recently was attending a webinar. It was a celebration webinar put on by Eli Cohen and the folks at Saleshood. And this guest presented on that, and she had some very unique ideas and successful things they were doing. And so I asked her if she would join us, and she agreed to do that. So I'd like to introduce you to Lindsay Morga. She is a sales name manager at Tanium. And Lindsay, welcome, and maybe share a couple of things about yourself. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be closing out 2020 on uh, on the podcast. Um, Really excited to be closing out 2020 in general. <laughs> yeah. A little bit about myself. Yeah. You know, as you said, I work for Tanium. I've been there for three and a half years now, and I have to say it's been a wild ride and a lot of fun. So happy to share my experiences here. And it looks like you're also the chapter lead for the Women in Sales Enablement in Raleigh Durham. I am. I am. I started that earlier this year, and it's been a really great way to connect and network. Even in this virtual world, all of our uh, meetings so far have been virtual. So it, it goes without saying um, 2020 has been an interesting year. Yes. Yes. So I always like to challenge guests with a little bit of a fun question. And just gives people a chance to get to know you just a little bit better from a different angle. So as you look back, what is the most embarrassing fashion trend that you rocked at the time? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I grew up in uh, in the 80s. I was in middle school in the 80s. I know that really dates myself. But if anybody remembers that time, I did rock the big bangs. I have to say, it was, <laughs> how high can you get your bangs? Lots of hairspray that goes into it. And to go with those big bangs, the pegged pants. Those are two <laughs> styles that I really hope do not come back around. And fortunately, social media hadn't been invented yet, right? Yeah, thank goodness I, for that. You yeah, I, I, I think we were both very lucky to grow up in a time where some of our stuff didn't get documented. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, as I said in the introduction... I had the chance to listen to to you talk about some of these topics. And so, again, thank you for, for coming and joining this so that our whole audience can hear this. As part of the 2020 shift, we've had to not only take all of our general enablement into a virtual environment, self-serve, whatever we have to work out for different different needs... But it's a very odd time for people to start in a new company. I, I personally can't imagine 
making the decision to join a firm when I hadn't met anybody that I'd be working with, including my boss, other than on Zoom. It's very, very odd. And so there's always the challenges of having someone come in and ramp successfully and feel like they're part of the the uh, the corporate family and all of that, right? Without having to do it all virtually. And so would love to start with that and and have maybe let's go through some of the tenets that you believe has let you and the team there make that shift successful. Sure. Yeah. You bring up a really good point. And that's something that a lot of our new hires come in and talk about. This is the first time they've joined a company in this virtual environment. Sure. They've worked remotely before, but typically they've met their hiring manager in face, you know, face to face. So it's become even more important to have communication with them even before they they physically, before they join the company, before their first day. And so I think part of what makes this shift to virtual onboarding successful is the fact we take them on this journey and we, we talk to them when we get their onboarding notice, we welcome them. Um, the sales enablement team welcomes them. The sales leadership team welcomes them. And then on their first day with the company, we also send them a checklist. We welcome them again. Day two, they typically have um, a session with the new hire training team to, to get the cohort together, meet their other colleagues that are, that are joining this company. And they start to build this bond from day one, day two, that really does lend to continue that bond beyond new hire training. That's that's an interesting so, point. I, just for clarification, which teams uh, is sales enablement responsible for onboarding there? That's a great question. We lump all of our non-technical teams into what we call our go-to-market track in our onboarding program. So that can include our sales reps, customer success folks that come in, even marketing and sales operations go through this same go-to-market track. And it helps create that camaraderie on all levels through all teams of the company. I think it really helps everyone feel connected. I've seen that as well. And it's um, that's good to hear that it's still working well for, for you guys virtually. So you talked a little bit on the communication. Can can you maybe double click on that? What what kinds of communications and and and, and a little more detail in the frequency and some of the maybe some of the feedback you've gotten? Sure. As I said, we we start from their onboarding notification. Mm-hmm. They'll get an email from us. They get an email and a checklist from us on their first day. We um, on their Second or third day, they'll have a meeting, so a virtual meeting in person over Zoom. And we continue those lines of communication. We set up, we use Salesforce as our CRM. We set up a chatter group that I always draw their attention to. So we'll continually add information for them, at mention them on that chatter group. So they're they're continually getting information from us, um, things they can look into on their own when they're doing their own personal research and training. Okay, great. Yeah, that was some of the additional details that I thought would be helpful. Now, I think when we were prepping for this, we both agree that 
sales enablement, revenue enablement in general can't do, we can't do our job without strong executive sponsorship and engagement. How's, how has that, or has that changed, I should say? And if so, how, um, as you've moved virtually? Um, our executives have always been very engaged or connected with the new hires. When we were in person, those that were at headquarters would, would come in and, and speak to our new hire class as a whole, so the technical side and the sales or go-to-market side. When we shifted to the virtual environment, we quickly had to set up these this one-day event for all of our new hires where our executive team would come in, they present, they welcome everybody, they, they share their teams, uh, how their teams align to Tanium's vision and strategy. And it really helps the, the new hires feel like they are connected to our executive team. And it's, it's a great environment. Everybody feels um, very welcomed to the company. When we talk about executive sponsorship, though, it, it goes beyond that. It's making sure that the executives understand the importance of the training that we are giving them. And it, it I feel they do feel, they see that value. And in fact, a lot of our all of our sales leaders go through the same go-to-market program as everybody else. Um, their feedback to the new hire team and to their colleagues is that this is important. Everybody needs to to participate, go through this. So everyone's aligned once they need leave new hire tra- training and they can ramp pretty quickly. Have you found it a challenge to... Make sure that leadership is allowing your new joiners the time they need to go through sales academy and ramping and all of that, or does that work really well at Tanium? You know, there's always a challenge. And in fact, uh, we have realized a new challenge in this environment because everybody is so accessible. Going through virtual training, the, their days, they don't have that set out of office the, because because they're flying out to um, headquarters for new hire training. Mm-hmm. So what we find is that they, in the beginning, in March, when we shifted to virtual, what we found was that they, they would have conflicts. They would have other meetings on their schedule. They were pulled away to do other things. And so we had to realign everybody and create a new app to say, even in this virtual environment, these weeks that they're going through their onboarding program, please let them go through this immersive program. Let them concentrate just on their training. The feedback that we've gotten is that that is an adjustment that they have had to make. And, And we are starting to see more of our new hires come through and with that focus and availability. I'm curious how long, and and I'm going to guess this varies by role, but just kind of an average, how many weeks or how long is that immersive process the way you guys do it? Interesting question. We are discussing shifting it or shortening that whole program. This past year, um, even before that, we have a four-week program, Mm -hmm. two weeks of pre-work and to include some live virtual calls. And then that third week is what we call the new hire week, where the majority of the day is spent 
in these trainings with our subject matter experts coming in, speaking to them, um, having really great discussions. And then the fourth week, less live calls, more additional training about processes, understanding where their role, what their role entails, meeting those teams that they need to align to. So that in total was a four-week program. Canium is seeing a hiring surge. We are preparing for um, exponential growth in 2021, which is great for the challenge that poses to the new hire team. We need to better prepare and even increase our cadence of our new hire training. So we took a really close look at the, the length of time that they are going through this immersive training. We've been able to shorten it. So they have one week where they are focused on the asynchronous training as well as a couple live calls per day. Mm-hmm. That prepares them for the new hire week where we do have those external presenters coming in, subject matter experts, deeper discussions, skills, training, where then at the very end they have their role play um, and, and then they're sent off to, to their job, to the field. Been able to condense it to that two-week program. Have you had a chance to run a session like that yet or is this a future state? No, it's a future state. First one will start at the beginning of January. Okay. I'm there with you. We we recently announced an acquisition <laughs> of a company that we've partnered with for years, as well as we've got some pretty aggressive growth plans in Q1. So we, we've got the wave is coming. You talked about the outside presenters and, and just a few of the things that you've mentioned. I want to spend a couple minutes talking about the warm and fuzzy side of joining a new company. So there's the knowledge transfer. Sure. You mentioned cross-team uh, relationships are getting built, which is great. But how are you finding success putting your virtual arms around these folks and making them really feel part of something new and cool and part you of know, the culture? Our, yeah, our culture at Tanium is extremely important. Um, our co-founder comes in and speaks to our new hires on their the day one of the new hire week. And we find that it's extremely important for them to have that, have the, the visibility to our executives. But every other presenter that comes in and speaks to the new hires and trains our new hires, it's really apparent that our teams really enjoy what they do. And so what are the feedback that we get from our new hires is that they feel so connected and so excited. These presenters and the, the embedded culture really help validate the decision that our new hires made to, to come to this new company in this remote environment, having never met their hiring manager in person. So it's, it's really important for everybody to really exude the culture. And, and I think that, that, that they do that in a, in a great way. How many sessions since making this switch, and I'm guessing it was around March, like the rest of us, how many sessions have you had to mm-hmm. run in the last, you know, uh, nine months of the year? Gosh, um, we've actually run 14 of our new hire sessions programs in total. Mm -hmm. So this has been a multiple per month, fairly high growth year for you as well from that standpoint. It has. And what we've found with those sessions, though, is that an optimal number of new hires in these sessions, Mm -hmm. it's about 15, maximum 20, so that everybody gets that same interaction. 
I'll be honest, that's a larger group than I would have guessed. Um, so that's, that's, is there anything specific that you think you're doing to help a group of that, say, let's just say 15, 18 people all feel stay connected in virtual meetings? Yeah, in many of our meetings, when we do run activities, we, we break them up. So we use Zoom. Uh, as our as our platform, and we are able to use these breakout rooms, and they switch partners in this breakout room, and they have these conversations, these smaller conversations with groups within that fifteen to twenty. And the fact that there are multiple roles that are going through the week, we have breakout sessions that can be specific to their to their roles. So it tends to not feel like it's a larger class. And everybody gets that personal interaction in one way or another. Tanium's an international company. Have uh, I'm, I'm assuming that at least some of these sessions that you had folks that were not in North American time zones. Can we talk about that for a couple minutes and, and how you've dealt with that challenge? Sure. Yeah. Part of the reason that we have run 14 of these programs throughout for the past nine months is because we really had to focus on the, these regional sessions that we, we ran. Being a global company, we were bringing in new hires from, from various time zones. And that's part of the challenge going to this virtual onboarding program is identifying when during the day you're going to run these sessions. We were able to, to differentiate regional new hire trainings and really assign those trainings to their specific time zone, which helps the new hires go through it as well. They feel like they are seen and connected and, and part of this global company. So some of these new hire trainings have were run simultaneous. Um, so really identifying who on the sales enablement team can help run some of those trainings was really important. And then they're just working some odd hours during... The session, or did you have people, sales enablement folks in the region? No, all of sales enablement besides one. We have one field enablement director that's over in the UK. We have sales enablement on the West Coast here in the United States, but what made it effective was parsing out who could do what. So I have a colleague on the West Coast who could run the the APAC region new hire training. My colleague in the EMEA region helped me run the session for the UK and, and the um, folks coming in from Germany. So it was identifying and making sure that nobody was specifically completely out of their time zone. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't too far removed from their typical working hours. You mentioned a few minutes ago the critical role that your subject matter experts that coming in from the outside play in not only knowledge delivery, but also, again, ex you know, helping exhibit the culture and helping people feel really welcome and have the, like they're getting the relationships they need for success. How are you working that, again, when you are in regions that are, um, you know, completely different time zones and you need to get those speakers? So we were able to identify subject matter experts within those regions where we were running our new hire training. And it, it lent to bringing in those subject matter experts to present when we were running these regional sessions. And it, it really worked out in our favor because as we've talked about before, 
the APAC region, the selling motion over there is, is very different than it is here in the United States. So bringing in a subject matter expert who knows the account, knows the selling motion in that region, it helped bring our new hires in and, and get them ramped as quickly as possible. So it was really identifying those, those uh, presenters in these, in these regions. Um, working with them so that they were comfortable with the material they were presenting, but also sharing those personal stories that were in region. And I think that really led to having a very effective virtual onboarding, no matter where we are on the globe. That's a great concept or great, a, a great way to do it. Do you find that you're able to keep at least a, a, a high level consistency in the onboarding and ramping experience where you've got multiple presenters covering the same topic, but within their region, or, or do you have to vary it quite a bit because of regional needs? I find that the content is very similar, mm-hmm. but the conversations and the questions around the content, those vary. And, and those can, can really be identified and modified. It goes back to being agile, the program being able to shift depending on where we are depending on the conversations that we are having, the questions that are raised, and having those regional presenters that can shift and, and know the process in that region, it's really important. So although the content and the, the underlying concepts are the same, the discussions become very specific to those regions. So this has been a great conversation. And I appreciate you sharing your time. Is there anything else that you would want to share or, or summarize that you feel is a success factor in this virtual transition that we've been talking about? Yes, I think that the final point that I will share is is really in this virtual world, in this remotely working environment, having those personal connections are so important. But also understanding that the personal connection is not just made over a camera. There has to be some sort of empathy, understanding what they're going through, and then really bringing them in and making them feel that connection. And and I, I think that's what we are doing for our new hires. I hope that's what we are doing for our new hires. But it, it's extremely important to me that they feel like they made the right decision. So I don't think that's this remote environment is going away anytime soon. But I think we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. No, again, this is a great conversation. I'm you, you're giving me ideas. I'm sitting here, you know, thinking, well, I want to go back and share with my team because they said, they said we have a pretty good wave of both acquired and then brand new employees that are coming on strong next quarter. Mm-hmm. I always like to give people a chance to drop some knowledge as we wrap up these, these um, conversations. And as you look back over, you know, your career or your life, I mean, it really doesn't matter. What is one of the biggest things that you now know and you've learned that you wish you'd understood earlier and that you would want to share with, with some of our listeners? That's a really good question. And I think if I, if I look internally and I think about the type of person I am, if I look back 10, 15 years ago, I'm a direct person. I tend to learn things one very specific way. But I wasn't in sales enablement at the time. And 
once I shifted over to the enablement profession, I realized the way that others look at things are not necessarily the way I look at things. And so I've been able to, through the people I've met and seeing how they internalize information, everybody does it differently. I'm sure you know that (laughs) being in this enablement profession. And so I think I would tell myself that 10, 15 years ago, take a step back, understand that everybody is not as step one, two, three, everybody understands these things differently. And and I think that once I realized that my, my career really took off. All right. Thanks for sharing that. And again, thanks for the time you spent with us today. I'm excited to get this released in the next couple of days. And to our audience, thank you for riding along with us for 2020. I hope you all have a fantastic holiday season and have a chance to reconnect or uh, disconnect, I should say, from work and, and, and connect with family and friends and recharge your batteries for a great 2021. We'll see you all in January. Thanks for joining this episode of Stories from the Trenches. For more sales enablement resources, be sure to join the Sales Enablement Society at www.sesociety.org. That's www.sesociety.org. 